When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That what you want for Christmas? Oh, I'd love that, baby. Get your butthole wore out. Mm-hmm. I um, I think that I could be into that. Getting your butthole wore out? Yeah, but like by a woman. Okay. Merry Christmas, Harry. Oh, hey, how We're you doing? Back. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. it's a very, it's a very putting on airs Christmas here. Look at it. Look what producer Russ has done. Now, we ain't got no chestnuts roasting over this motherfucker, but it's still pretty. Nope. Uh, this is some Yule Tide shit right here. I feel like agreed, and you can't tell. Because it's just in my head, but I do have visions of sugar plums. Mm-hmm. If that somehow is getting We've across to the world, absolutely donned our gay attire. Oh, for sure, it's any super attire, gay any that we wear. We wear the gay, is gay, very attire, gay, gay, and attire, we don don yeah. it. Sugar plums. Um, yeah. What is that? I don't. You know, it's funny because like I've never really thought about that. But obviously, it's just like you take a plum and I guess you candy it or whatever. I could soup. I could super be into that because do you like plums and prunes? Uh, I don't dislike them, but I'm like not, my favorite. Like, when I go to like a meat and three restaurant and they have stewed prunes as an option, I'm always getting them hundred percent. But like, yeah, see, like, look, that sugar sugar plums. You just think that that would be you know, more of a Christmas thing since it's in the most famous Christmas thing. I've literally never in my life actually thought about me either. Literal sugar plums, but I bet they would like, hit. It's a thing at Christmas. We all know it, but I've never thought like, what is that? And I mean, I guess it's so. Apparently, it's just plums that sugared, which. You take plums and sugar them. make it sugar. Yeah, and now you got sugar plums. Isn't it wild that, that that's sense. not a thing though? Because it's in the it's in the not Christmas Carol. It's in the night before Christmas. Like you would think that like out of necessity, because people be fucking with fruitcakes knowing that they don't. Yeah, hit. but what about like, like what makes a log Yule? Yule. What me do? Sorry, yeah, I just. What just makes a right, log Yule? I don't know. Uh, just what it, a log at Christmas time is a Yule log? And people say Yule know. tides. What is the fuck does Yule mean? Russ, look up Yule. Yeah. What is Yule? Like Yule. I have no idea. Yule tide. Yule tide, as far as I know, is just like, you know, that's Christmas shit. Yule log is a thing you eat? Oh, see, I What? The Yule log. No. Okay. A Christmas block is specifically selected log burnt on a hearth as a winter tradition in regions of Europe, particularly the United Kingdom and subsequently North America. But is that not a picture There's of like a, a Swiss roll? Well, everything's cake now. Okay. You know that. So you make a Swiss roll into... Yeah, right. There's a whole cottage industry about making cake that don't look like cake. Yeah, right. There's cakes that are cottages. Yeah, that shit's impressive. It is. Uh, I'm like, how is that cake? And then I cut it, and I'm like, God damn, that, that is cake. You make cakes and stuff. Have you ever made one of those type <laughs> Bro. of... Oh, yeah. I've made Pinwheel a, things. I've made They're, a Swiss roll before, yeah. One, one of or my a, ex... A... a uh, Roulade? Yeah, one of my ex-girlfriends. Maybe that, that might be with meringue. Roulade. She made I, I might be getting it mixed up. She made but, one that yeah. was it was the cinnamon spiral. with cream cheese filling. 
Yeah, and oh I my did a, dear God, bro. It I was a, Yule as fuck. I did a strawberries and cream one, mm. and it was uh, it tasted real good. But I've actually wanted to go back to to this this particular type of cake, a roll-up cake. I think we should start doing sugar, like, let's bring sugar plums back. Clearly, it was a thing at one point, otherwise that some bitch wouldn't have put it in the song poem. Right, yeah. But I'm trying to think of, like, what are the other things, uh, okay, you deck the halls with? Bowls of holly. Right. What's what, a bowl? What's a bowl? A it's bunch a bowl, of holly. Ball, it's, it's not balls, it's ba- bowls of holly. I think bowls is a group of, like, much how, like, a, a bunch of crows is a murder a bunch of holly is a bowel right you know what i mean i think that's what that is deck the halls with bowels of holly fall la 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 tis the season, season to two. be jolly that's fine that, yeah. although for a lot of people it's tis the season dawn to we kill now. myself yeah <laughs> uh, it often go that way a lot dawn we now are gay sad. apparel right which means Cover wear that, that jacket yeah yeah apparel la 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 Join the ancient Yuletide Carol. Fa-la-la. Yuletide. Again, what does Yuletide Just mean? Christmas shit, ain't it? Right. Yuletide's just Christmas shit? Apparently, because you never hear it at any other time other than Christmas stuff. Just be Yule. Oh, it's, ba- yeah, bowels, I guess. Bow- like the like the bow that the baby goes on, the rockabye baby's on a bow that breaks and he dies. That's another thing. Isn't he- that what happens with the baby? Yeah, when the bow rock-a-bye breaks, baby the cradle the- will fall. And down will come baby, cradle, cradle and snake. You got a smush baby at the bottom of that. It's wild I've how never dark. thought about bowels in that sense. Like, it's like, what is like a, bowel a tree mean? limb. Okay, it's a bowel. Okay, yeah. and so tree so limbs bow- filled with holly. Bow- B-O-U-G-H. We sound high as fuck right now, I bet, to anybody who don't right. know that we're not. But we're strangely not. So Yule is a festival historically observed by the Germanic peoples, uh, whereupon the term Christmas tide came to predominate in English. So, Of course, the god Odin. Yeah. He's involved. Basically Santa. Yeah, right. Yeah, what about... Uh, Oh, Krampus or whatever. That's the, that's, that's like the, that's, that's like Santa's, uh, like Arch, Thanos, Arch right? Nemesis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Bizarro Rain Wilson Santa? in like a, in a movie about Krampus or something? There I definitely is a Krampus movie, but I never saw only it. only fucking German people would be like, Christmas needs to have a villain. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, it's too yeah, much look at that. Krampus is wild as hell. Yeah. Is he the antithesis of Santa? Like, is he related to Santa in some way? Like a long lost brother? Yeah, he's like evil Santa. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He, during the Christmas season, who scares children who have misbehaved. He looks- so instead of getting some coal in your stocking, you get your shit wrecked by this evil goat demon, looks- which is like... That's more threatening. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, coal is a pretty big step down from getting, you know, torn limb from limb by that motherfucker. They're more into uh, negative reinforcement. Of course they are. He looks like the basis for Amon Amarth or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I was thinking not long ago about coal and, like, how, how like, coal is, like, uh, like, oh, if you're bad, you get a lump of coal and how much tied into, like, religion that is like in both like so christmas both like santa claus and jesus are the same in the sense of they're a thing that a parent tells a kid that is clearly a lie in order to get them to behave i remember you talked about this before and it it immediately didn't hit for me i don't disagree with you (laughs) I, i don't disagree with you it's just like 
as soon as you reframed Santa in the Jesus sense, I was like, oh, God but damn it's it. This, but it is that. that. No, that don't hit. Because I but never thought that. about Santa that way. Of and course. it's like, don't make Santa Jesus. I'm not. But no, like, Santa hits harder. But Santa's literally, you know, Christmas. You know, Christmas, know. Jesus is inherent in it. But I like to forget about Jesus I as know, much Trey, as possible. But I it's like the to leave same. Jesus out of shit. Me too. Even, I, you know, I take the Christ out of Christmas think, as a general rule. I, think, I don't misspell it or nothing. But I think but, that's the point. I think the point is, is that for people who can't get their kids Jesus, they're like, they're like, well, Santa is a, another mystic being that we can say is all knowing. And if you don't make him happy, but, he will give you a lump of coal. And if you don't make Jesus happy, you will burn in hell. Both of which are fiery embers. Like it's the right, same fucking but thing. Christmas, again, obviously start, it's a very Christian holiday and its origins. So like... Why did they need a thing that wasn't Jesus? These are Christians who like because started all this shit. Because kids can't understand Jesus, but they can understand presence. Right. They can't okay. understand eternal life, but they can understand I'm gonna get a PlayStation if I'm good, and if I'm not good, I don't get a PlayStation. Yeah. So like again, to me, Jesus hits or Santa hits way more than Jesus, but to me, they're both just. Lies that were invented by parents to get their kids to be Act better. Right. Act right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's all I got to say Act about right that. right magic. Uh, yeah, we got a whole Christmas episode coming up here. We're going to talk about oh, rich yeah, people ha- Christmas. Oh, yeah, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. You want to say happy holidays? Yeah. You don't want to what? Yeah, for all you losers out there. Shout yes, out. of course. Happy holidays to everybody. Um, Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah to our lovely Jewish fans. Happy Kwanzaa. Love the, happy, love the Jews. Happy truck month. Oh, it's truck month? Everywhere. Right. All the time. Well, we're from every month. It's always truck month. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, Merry Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all that good stuff. We're super excited to be here. Uh, So, you know the whole, like, like the war on Christmas, we're both three tour veterans of the war on Christmas. Absolutely. uh, Looking to get deployed again. But, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm super not down with God, but Christmas has always hit for me, and me I've never had any kind of cognitive dissonance about that. Do you know what I mean? Because Christmas is just like, you know, presents and family and trees, and it's warm, and there's logs, and, you know, bake It's a secular holiday at stuff. this point. Right, yeah. Like, it's about capitalism. That's what Christmas is. Yeah. It's about getting things, materialistic things. It, we want it to be about family, and it should be, but at the end of the day, it's about materialistic things, and I love it because I'm a materialistic man. But yeah, like Christmas, like for some reason they think if you take Jesus out of Christmas, it makes it worse. It makes it inarguably better, in my opinion. I've never had a Christmas with Jesus in it. That's not entirely true. Uh, I actually wanted to talk about because I've always been a big fan of uh, Christmas, which you've told me before is surprising to you because of uh you had a terrible childhood and you right. hate god exactly yeah so it doesn't seem to make any sense that christmas hits for me which i agree with but it always has uh but i also experienced and i've talked i've talked about this before but never on putting on airs i had a really like a, i had a christmas experience once when i was in college that was like genuinely transformative for mm-hmm. me it's like i used to have this bit talking about like shit that made me realize i was white trash because like when you grew up in a really white trash place i asked trash everybody just that you, everybody trash you don't have a frame of reference to understand right. how trash you is i had a few experiences like that in college and stuff but one of the biggest ones was i had this uh, girlfriend in college and i went to her family's place uh for christmas one year and like so 
it blew my fucking mind because like her daddy like owned a garage like a you know an auto mechanic right. he was like an auto mechanic who owned his own shop or whatever that's the deal dude and they and like but to me this motherfucker was loaded well of right? course i mean and he's independent and but yeah. like we went over there and i remember i'm just the boyfriend who did not hit for them right. i in no way because of hit your for queerness them. I don't know if they were super hip to my queerness. I mean, I kind of wear my queerness on my sleeve, let's be honest. So they probably picked up, you know, some queerness as right. I was laying down. But also just like I was, you know, fucking their daughter and stuff, which don't hit for people. Right. And I'm just some, you know, 20-year-old douchebag. Stinky idiot yeah, with right. an extra tooth. Right, exactly. Chin strap. Which don't hit. Yeah, chin strap. Chin strap was playing. Right on. Uh, But anyway, on crit, like, I got from them as the shitty dumbass boyfriend i got more presents than i'd ever gotten in my life right. i got like they got a show out got like a pretty nice putter right because oh, yeah. i was playing golf at the time like what I, kind of putter it was a, i said pretty i get keep in mind i'm trash it was a dunlop putter yeah i mean no, that's yeah fine. and for somebody uh, that don't play a lot yeah and i got a uh like a fucking handheld camcorder yeah and other shit and i was like i've never Damn, ever got a handheld this. camcorder in no, that, that was a then. big deal. I, no, right. no, I'm, I'm saying, saying this like, is like 2006 that was a, or dude, something. That was during a time when like, because I was started, before it was I ubiquitous. Started, that's you know, when like, I was doing like stand up and like people don't understand back then to film your set, you had to have a whole separate thing. Right. And a handheld camcorder was like, that's a fucking great gift. I know I'm saying. And like my then girlfriend, she got a literal car and that was like a, it was like a Mitsubishi Montero Sport, but it was—it's still a whole fucking car. How many girls did you present. fuck that drove a Celica? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't know. There was a because for me, it's like fifty. There was a Pontiac, <laughs> not a Firebird. What was that little version of a fire? It was fire or something or some kind of. I bird. know what you're talking about. A little Pontiac. Uh, what the fuck were those called? Anyway, that one girl had a Lexus, but not a hidden one. Yeah, right. And uh, C class. Yeah, right. Katie had a Camry. I can't. Celica was like the that girl's gonna take it in the butt car. All right. I don't know why, but it was. And her and her siblings, they just got loaded up. And I remember sitting there, and again, it was like, like an epiph. It was a huge revelation to me. You know, yeah. I was like, I did not. And they're very middle class. They're not right. rich. We're gonna talk about rich well, people, people in Christmas on here, but like, that. yeah, they're very middle class. And I was like, I had no idea. That anybody's Christmas was yeah. like this. That's adorable. I had no idea. Well, but it was like again. No, my I know. Was like, I was I'm, like, God I mean damn, that. I'm trash. I know. Like it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. like this is amazing that Christmas could be this way. It's like, oh fuck, dude. Like, uh, well, that's actually is the, this how it is for most people? Most you not, know, white well-to-do people or like, whatever. Like for most white well-to-do people, yes, it absolutely 100 percent is that way. But like, what sucks is that like. They were middle class, like realistically, they probably shouldn't do that, you know, like go all out. But people do. And that's what that's why Christmas is like so much more stressful than it needs to be. It's like people will save up all year just so that they can get someone a present on Christmas. But then like, you know, well, I can't, you know, like we're we're going to have to get bad groceries this month because I have to get so and so a TV. Yeah, well, and we're it's gonna, like that goes against the point. We're definitely when we get to talking about trash Christmas, a lot of that shit's going to come up, I'm sure. But yeah, another thing and I've told you this story, but again, never on here. Another thing that happened on that same trip 
was we went to her uncle's house and now her uncle like was was kind of loaded he was like a senior executive at this like big christian company oh wow like a like christian books that's literally exactly what it was yeah <laughs> i hope that's okay to say i'm not saying his name or nothing but yeah, yeah you're not saying his name he was like a cares? senior vp at lifeway right yeah. so he like had money and we went to their place and and while we were there that guy had like a five-year-old kid a sweet little precocious kid and everybody's gathered around we just now eaten for or whatever for, uh, for everyone because i clearly know what it means but precocious what's that like just adorable, like okay. like the way right the kids See, I, be. Again, I get it. I just like want to make sure this pleasant is... in an adorable way. Yeah. I guess yeah. and not post cautious. No, no precocious. Okay, right on. Uh, but hey, fellas, this episode of Putting On Airs is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers, Manscaped. The global leaders in below the waist grooming are leaving 2022 with brand new products that preserve cologne and preserve body wash. 2023 is the year to up your hygiene game and smell amazing, and Manscaped wants to help you do this with the special offer. Use promo code POA for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Take the leap into the new year and join the 7 million men who already trust Manscaped, your boy being one of them. Tell you what, the highlight of my 2022 was definitely getting putting on airs off the ground and running and uh, getting to meet all of you wonderful fans. And what I'm looking forward to the most in 2023 is making the show even better, right? And... Big thanks to our favorite ball trimmers for helping us do that. I y'all know that I've been I've been singing the praises of Manscaped for a very long time. I'm a big fan of the Crop Preserver ball smelling lotion, and I'm so pumped that now it's going to be offered into a body wash. Most time you wouldn't want to say I can't wait till the rest of my body smells like my balls, but with Manscaped products, I certainly do. So if you're having trouble dealing with the wild weeds in your nose and ear, Manscaped has you covered the Weed Whacker, that's the OG, will change the game for you to whack your worst weeds. Y'all, I'm telling you, uh, aside from all the sweet washes that I love for real, these are the best trimmers out there. It's just, you know, no more nicks and cuts on your dicks and butt. I don't know what to tell you other than you should use it. And use the uh, the promo code POA at manscaped.com and you're going to get 20% off and free shipping. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code POA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code POA. Happy New Year, not only to you, but to your balls. So we'd already told y'all how much we loved our big dog speakers, uh, but I have just recently hooked up both of my uh, the Scout speakers to get that stereo quality, and I put on the Eagles Seven Bridges Road, and it's like I've never heard the song before. 
I'm telling you, it's amazing. Y'all know they got 105 decibels of max volume, which is way more than any of them other rinky-dink speakers out there, but it's still got a clear, high-quality sound. That's talking about partying on the beach, baby. You know, having people over at your house, but you don't want it to sound like it's coming from one dumb little speaker. This has got it all. 40 watts, waterproof, charges other devices. What other speaker does that? Ain't none of them. 15 hours of playback, and like I said, you compare two of them together so you get that enhanced stereo sound, which is the only way you should ever listen to the Eagles or Skinner. The Big Dog Scout is available online at BigDogSpeakers.com at $99, but you can get 20% off with the promo code POA. For more information on Big Dog Speakers, visit BigDogSpeakers.com. Remember, promo code POA so you can rock out like the POA boys. Skew. So that little kid, this little five-year-old, everybody's around because we're about to unwrap presents or something like that. So it's like everyone is there in the same place. Right. And out of nowhere, this five-year-old comes up to his dad and his dad's like talking to this other man who's there, another like adult male. He's talking to him about something. And the kid like taps him or whatever. And he turns around and he's like, what is it, honey? And the little kid goes, daddy, is it true that the Jews killed Jesus? And he goes, that's right, son, it is. So anyway, so anyway, I was at the golf course the other day, right? And this guy pulls out his nine iron. I'm like, what are you doing? And like, literally, that was that was the whole thing. No one acknowledged or said anything about it. I was on the other side of the room like, what the fuck? Well, you don't that? have to dispute the truth, Trey. Right. Yeah, like, but like, what else is there to but say? But it's just like, think about that. I, from the it's like this I kid about that this all the kid time. is like a, in a christian household and upbringing jesus is literally lord jesus is the greatest thing that ever existed in the history of ever he's somehow like gotten his head around apparently the idea that the best man and the best like entity that ever right. lived was murdered by the jews yeah. he asked his dad who's his own god right to verify that and his dad goes yeah they did and, and then just goes back to yeah. him and ignoring him and it's like that's fucking wild, and it man. really and it really explains it's a lot. It's wild, but and also it, like very commonplace. Well, of course, you know like, I mean? and, if, like, and if he hadn't have told him that, Mel Gibson was gonna drive yeah, right. it home <laughs> pretty soon. But like, you the the thing is, is like people go, I don't understand why people in certain areas feel this way about yada yada yada, and it's like there it is, it, it's right there. And I'm right. not saying that makes it right, but like you have to understand if someone from an early age has been told you go to hell if you don't believe in this and that's what they truly believe and they're terrified that they're going to go to hell and then they get hit with some information with, and that person that you serve and is the best was like, you get you you get why all the bullshit goes on. Again, I'm not saying it's right, but like that's the root of the fucking issue right there. We don't get political on this show, but I have very strong opinions about this because I was raised that way. Right. Well, again, it's just one of those things that like I'll never forget that as long as yeah, I live. And it is hilarious. And I bet yeah, and it is also funny. And I just bet I don't bet I know that every other person who was there that night, like again, it it made no impact on them not. whatsoever. No, dude. Like, it wasn't out of place or weird at all to everybody else. And I was just on the other side of the room like, fucking what? <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't because it, it is what they believe. And it's so commonplace for them. Like, that is the world that they inhabit. And then yeah. when you, as someone who is not in that world dips into it for a while, you like you literally may as well be in Narnia. That's how different those two worlds are. The ones that they 
inhabit and the ones that we now inhabit. Also, at that big dinner, I was living in fear that they were going to ask me to, to pray. Yeah, to do yeah, like a blessing or say grace. I was I brought it up because I wanted to ask you. Yeah. If that had ever happened, they thankfully didn't. But seriously, just something in my head was like, they're going to fucking, I thought it'd be like a test or something. Yeah. I'm the new guy, the outsider. I thought they were going to make me have to do it. And I was really worried about it. But thankfully they didn't. But so like that's happened. You've been put on the spot, Corey. Several. You do the Lord thing. Several times. So how, what's your go? I mean, you're a performer. You know how to improv and riff and stuff. Yeah, like I, you, every you probably played it pretty uh, I go, I go, fast okay. and loose. I'm like, okay, brother, uh, brother Blake, I'd be happy to. Uh, good drinks, good meat, good God let's eat let's do it that's a classic yeah that's like yeah that's one of those things you have in your back pocket yeah. like dealing with a heck just of in case. Like, I, I go down and like where you're working and slap the dick out of your that's, mouth yeah that's like, the one and the, that's it's the grace version nobody's of that. gonna be mad at you <laughs> nobody's gonna be mad at you for saying that you right. know what i'm saying but then like every now and then i would this is something that i learned later because i've been called on many times before Early on in my getting called on to pray because my girlfriend was a Christian and her parents didn't hit career. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a storied career. A, a storied career. There well, you go. Well, um, that's I, a sign. I had like, this is before, you know, everybody reaches that time in their life where they go, hey, listen, sometimes the right thing to do is just the dumb thing to do so just do the easy thing and let's sure. all get on with right. it just, because you don't want to fuck up the, the whole, whole goddamn thing evening with for my everybody. opinions on right. whatever because like nobody's hurting anybody right. it's fine because like there were several times where i would like be called on to pray when i was the guest at someone's house or whatever and i would then start critiquing them because they didn't pray over the appetizers and i found that to be weird i was like why is it that we only pray over the meal but we were all sitting over here eating cheese and meat and nobody prayed over that like i just need to know from y'all what what is it why is it that one specific meal right. needs to be prayed over but this like, other one doesn't need to be if prayed you fuck over? around as i know you and i both have and like fill up on appetizers well, now you've shorted the Lord. Exactly. That's right? what I'm saying. Because now you've eaten and you could be done. Of course, we're never done. But you know what I mean? It's like the Lord didn't get his and, in that scenario. That's not fair. And one of the most common prayers, or at least one of the most common prayer endings over a dinner is like, Dear Lord, bless this food for the nourishment of our bodies and our bodies for your service. In your name we pray, amen. So they're saying, bless this food so that it will sit well with us and provide us with energy to then serve you. But... The appetizers were not prayed over in that same way, so that we didn't pray over it. It's now not Christian kosher or whatever. Are we not in fear of getting diarrhea or not having that body be used for the nourishment of our Lord and our Lord, our Savior? Like, I just don't understand what all the little—and I would say that out loud. I would say all that, and everybody's like— Jesus fucking Christ, man, we just want you to pray yeah. so we can eat, you know? <laughs> yeah. So then I was just like, okay, good drinks, good meat, good God, let's eat. That's your shit That's from now That's a solid go-to. Yeah. So, yeah, as I already alluded to, I have no idea how uh, rich people spend Christmas, so I looked some of it up. Uh, one thing I found was a, a list of the 10 most expensive Christmas gifts in the world. Number 10 on the list is a dog. Uh, it's a Tibetan Mastiff, which I got to admit, look at that goddamn oh, dog. Oh, wow. Isn't that wild as hell? You ever seen a dog look like that? That um, looks like a no. CGI That looks like Hagrid. From a, yeah, right. From the, yeah, a magical fantasy land yeah. in the world of cinema. Like, that's wild that that's a real dog. I don't know that that's $2 million worth of dog. What the fuck? Yeah. 
What? Yeah, they regularly go for $2 million. What? A dog. A dog. Yeah, they, yeah, them dogs. Dude, 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 okay, hold on now. Because yeah. I, hold yeah. on. Because go. my mom, like, my mom used to, like, whenever she got a dog, like, she wanted, like, oh, I want a Bichon Frise. And, like, you know, they're, like, they can cost, like, up to $1,200, which, as a dog lover, I find to be ridiculous. Like, $1,200 to me is an egregious amount to pay for something that you could get at Walmart for free in the box of dogs, like, your bit. Mm-hmm. Because I've always, like, every dog I've ever had that was a mutt was the greatest dog in the world. Well, that's like, like a, a mud That's blood. not even, like, an opinion thing. That's, like... It's just true. It's good, because, like, when they're purebred like that, they get, they get inbred and problems. they get all fucked up. But, like, mutts, they breed out, like, they're not bred out, but genetically, they breed out all the bullshit by, you know, being mutts, fucking a bunch of different dogs. Hey, right. what, whatever don't hit about that dog, well, if it fucks this dog and something does hit about that, maybe the thing that does hit will continue on, and then you do that a bunch of times out on the streets and the alleyways, getting you dog dick wet or whatever. <laughs> and, like, and so, like, mutts hit. But, right. like, the purebred dogs often don't. But I do understand it. In I a mean, certain- they're real pretty so right they're real okay they're aesthetically pleasing some people have show dogs or whatever and also um some of them are hypo hypoallergenic or whatever like they don't shed and people yeah, that are that's allergic a huge to dogs. plus right there it is a huge plus so i can understand someone being like i'll pay twelve hundred dollars for a dog that i know will not shed i get that i still think twelve hundred dollars is a little egregious but like it's not so much money that i'm like okay whatever you're gonna have it for 12 years it's fine two fucking million dollars so chris brown the singer specifically paid 1.5 million for Did one of those dogs for his girl i was gonna say i was gonna say i hope it was a boy dog because he don't like bitches you know what i'm saying <laughs> no, that's just... no fuck chris brown dude to death but yeah he uh yeah he bought his daughter one of these for 1.5 million dollars uh next on the list aaron spelling legendary tv showrunner out here did the love oh, toys dad Yes, Tori's Damn. daddy. So when Tori was a kid, Aaron Spelling, they lived in Beverly Hills. Aaron Spelling would spend $2 million turning their Beverly Hills estate into a winter wonderland. That's so what's he spent up. $2 million on fake snow and shit like that, which is like, see, it sure is magical, but goddamn. Dude, that's egregious, but like, see, that's some shit that I would do. Right. Like, I get that. Like, you're, you know, like, listen, I got to, because, and here's why. A lot of people would look at that and go like, do you know, do you know uh, how many, how many more people could use that $2 million? And it's like, yeah. And I gave it to them. I gave it to them so they could come out here and make me snow. You're fueling the economy in that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he, uh, he stimulated the local fake snow economy. (laughs) Yeah, of course he did, which needed it. He made the fake snowman's Christmas hit much harder. (laughs) Which, like, I was going to make a joke about the fake snowman struggling, but then I was like, oh, you know, honestly, in Hollywood, fake snowman doing is doing great. He's doing great, He's man. raking it in. It's like, he's in the right place. Yeah. Fake snowman in Michigan, that ain't going to hit. No, hell but no. fake snowman in Hollywood, yeah. What about the companies out here that uh, decorate people's houses, mansions? Yeah, well, I was going to get to that, but but since you brought it up, that's another thing that's unsurprising. Another type of thing that I never thought about because I'm trash, so it wouldn't enter my mind, but... uh yeah, rich people, they outsource all the Christmas stuff. Right. They hire and pay people to decorate. My mom used to, to do that. Get there. Really? Like, yeah, like she, doing the decorating part. 
Yeah. Like, and so it, she paid somebody and she just bounced. And no, 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 no. My mom was the one that got oh, paid. Oh, she did the yeah. thing. She and so was like, the, okay. It wasn't, but the thing is, it wasn't like my mom didn't need the money. My mom is just, you've been to our house. Yeah. She's a great, she has a wonderful eye. Yeah. And people would like come over to her house and be like, your house is decorated so good. Like, who did you use? She's like, well, I just, I've just, I just do that or whatever. And people would like hire her to go decorate their house and pick stuff out. And mom like always gave them a, she's like, I, she would mainly tell them, she's like, I don't, we're friends. You don't need to pay me for this. You know what I'm saying? But they were like, no, please. Like you're basically an interior decorator. Do not call her an interior designer because they went to college and those people will get fucking pissed. But my okay. mom for a brief minute had like an accidental interior decorating company just because people were like, Laura, you know the deal. Come in here and make so this hit. the one that I found, and it was a person who did it for the White House when Obama was in the White House, like she was hired by the White House to do their White House Christmas decorations. That same lady, apparently her rate to do your whole house up for Christmas. And of course, like, she can use your decorations, but if she buys new shit, you got to pay, pay for, for the that. Shit. Yeah, that's part but, of it. But her rate was uh, two thousand dollars, which I was that ain't again. Shit. Again, I know two thousand two thousand dollars is a lot of money. I'm not saying it's not. I'm always but for those people. It's not when, when we talk about rich people's shit. I'm often surprised how not insanely expensive right. it is. Like, because I would have thought if you're getting the White House decorator lady right. to do your mansion, I would have thought ten grand, 10 at grand least, easy at least. to deck it Listen, out without you know to well, deck the like, halls. That's ten thousand dollars. You got to deck these halls. That's a lot of fucking halls. I mean, because you got, uh, it's, it's your yeah, time. It's, it's your like that. That actually because like that actually isn't like an easy job. I mean, they're gonna have to go out and buy shit and like it's really it's time. It's not it's time. Right. But it's like when you brought up a couple of weeks ago on the fact that like for fifteen thousand dollars, you could join the same club as the Starbucks guy. Right. Yeah. I don't get that either. Like, I don't think this lady knows well, her I, worth. What I now think, because we've been talking about it recently, and I think maybe I said a version of this is I feel like, you know, how people point out sometimes they're like. Like, yeah, well, they didn't get rich by blowing a bunch of money. Right. But like so many rich people do blow yeah, money. Of course. But like, I guess like I'm now convinced that a lot of like super rich people you know, are still not, they're not frugal at all. But well, they're that, frugal but, but in their world. But that they're like, I'm not paying you that for that because that ain't worth that. Yeah, right. I'm rich. I know money. I know how money works. Right. And this ain't You'll worth do it that. For two. This ain't worth that. So I'm not giving you that. And they'll be like, all right, fine. And it has to be something like of course. that. Because otherwise, yeah. yeah, it would just be outrageous, you know. But because there's like, they control the market or whatever. Like somebody beside them would be like, I'm pretty good at this and I'll do it for three, you know, and they're like, all right, fuck you. So next on the list, most expensive Christmas presents, Angelina Jolie bought Brad Pitt when they were together a waterfall. What? Yeah, pretty you can sweet just gift. Buy you can buy waterfalls. Yeah, if it's on like land. the land that surrounds it, right? But the waterfall was the, the main thing, yeah. the centerpiece. So she bought a parcel of land that included a waterfall. But I think it hits harder to say she bought him a waterfall. Of course, that hits for one point six million dollars. It was because he's obsessed apparently with Frank Lloyd Wright, the famous uh, architect. Yeah, of course. And Frank Lloyd he did Wright, the Vanderbilt, right? Frank. No, he the, didn't. I did an episode on that. He didn't. The Frank Lloyd Wright, one of his famous houses or properties is uh, Falling Water, it's called, which is like a house incorporating a waterfall, and Brad Pitt's obsessed with it, apparently. So she bought him a waterfall for $1.6 million so he could do his own Frank Lloyd that Wright makes, type of thing. But see, that gift is a lot different than the dog and a lot different than the snow because that gift is also an investment. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's real like, estate. If yeah. they needed to, if like you buy, if you've got 1.6 million dollars to buy on a parcel of land that has a waterfall, and then later you run into hard times, you can sell that. You might take a loss, but like you can't sell an old dog. No, you old can't dogs sell old snow. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that one's actually fine. She got him an investment for Christmas. That's great. So next up, Mike Tyson bought his then wife Robin Givens a solid gold bathtub, twenty four twenty four karat gold bathtub for two point three million dollars. She way, yeah. Again though, gold mm-hmm. is worth something. Wonder how much he spent on the blood of the virgins he poured into <laughs> that thing for her to maintain her youth as she bathed in it. You can't just put regular ass water inside a fucking milk. gold bathtub milk. That's milk. Good one. some of that donkey milk. Donkey that, milk. That, uh, Eastern European special ass donkey milk. Milk. Put that in a inside of a solid gold bathtub, and now you're on to something. But again, we're starting to get into like these are making a little bit more sense because gold retains its value. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like he still could make money on this. So really, they're getting less egregious to me as we go. All right. Well. Uh, then there's another one. This guy, this rich guy in Hong Kong, bought his old lady up, you know, like a an apartment, a piece of real estate. But like you said, that's pretty standard. I mean, it's not standard to give somebody that for a Christmas present, especially just a girlfriend. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. But uh, David Beckham apparently one year bought Posh Spice for at the same Christmas. He bought her a hundred thousand dollar diamond encrusted handbag, a custom belt, half a million dollar Rolls Royce, and a two point four million dollar Boucheron ruby and diamond necklace. All for this. You know what I think when it comes to this shit all the time. I'm like, especially in a marriage, I'm like. Where do you go from there? I know. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you You've, give her all that for one Christmas? Like, what the fuck uh, are you doing next Christmas? It's like how movie franchises at a certain point, it's like, well, we got to go to space because what yeah, the right. fuck are we going to do now? Right. You got to one-up yourself. Like, like Fast and the Furious, I yeah. think you got to slow play that shit a little bit. I agree, but I guess to David Beckham, $3 million isn't slow playing. Like, what do you think David Beckham thinks when he looks at a $20 bill? Nothing. It's nothing. Right. I mean, like, me and you do well. We do way more weller, way wellerer than we ought to do, considering Mm -hmm. we're talentless hacks that don't hit. But, like, even me, like, 20 bucks is, like, it's still an amount of money that I don't want to throw away. But it's still, like, yeah, I'll I'll spend 20 bucks on this. To David Beckham, like, you know, I heard the thing one time that um, I think if if Bill Gates dropped $10,000 on the ground, it wouldn't be worth his time to turn around and pick it up. Right. Yeah. That's like almost unfathomable to me. It's insane, dude. Like $10,000. Well, that's like, no, thing we talked moving. about, about number, how numbers be wild. When they, they get start up getting to together, they get up to wild shit. That's, it's the same type of thing. You start talking about those levels of money. It's crazy. So uh, Richard Burton bought Liz, Liz Taylor a... Uh, a diamond and ruby ring costing $4.2 million. Oh, you can fine. see it there. Pretty sweet. Only the finest. Then How much was it? $4.2 million. Nice. Then God, they, dude, back then it was $4.2 million? I don't know. Or are that, they adjusted that's, that's, for inflation? That's unclear. It might, it might because, be bro, money. if that was $4.2 million then, that's like yeah. how much Twitter costs now. Right. So uh, this Russian oligarch bought his 22-year-old daughter, who you know ain't do shit, mm-hmm. bought her an $88 million home in Holy Manhattan shit. for Christmas. Yeah. 
Where's that at in Manhattan? I mean, I feel like that's Central Park right there, right? Yeah, if we're right. actually looking at it. So it's somewhere along the park. That is so, unbelievable, man. Yeah, absolutely insane. Well, what's the chances this guy has a, a mega yacht? Oh, pfft. how many mega yachts? Dude, that dude's he got, got a fleet of mega he yachts. He got a boat that poop out two boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. How many boats your boat poop? Not as much as my boat poop. All right. My boat be pooping boats all day. Mm-hmm. Boats on boats on boats. My boat poop regular. Yeah. Uh, so this lady, um, Evelyn Walsh. million dollars. Evelyn Walsh McLean, who was a mining heiress, had both uh, a famous diamond called the Star of the East and later the Hope Diamond Shit. bought for her in her lifetime. Which we know the Hope which, Diamond is 88 billion years old or something. So, and then all, both those combined is $250 million. And Jesus. according to this, the Star of the East is uh, parts unknown. People don't even know where it's at. Really? Which is wild. Yeah. You're the then, one that you're the one that actually told me and keyed me in on this because normally I would, you know, in this conversation, I would go, Well, again, it's jewelry, it's diamonds, it it appreciates in value or it holds its value, but it actually doesn't. It's what you you keyed me in on like uh on several episodes back. Did I? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did, Trey. No, I remember. Because I was doing like, that, it's an investment. You're like, works. actually it don't hold its yeah. value. Number one, Catherine the Great of the Russian Empire. Uh, had <laughs> had uh, her lover, Count Orloff, give her a diamond called the Orloff Diamond. She named it after him, which is listed as being literally priceless. It's a gigantic, boulder-sized diamond that she put in her scepter. Got to have a scepter. We should what have scepter. What is a scepter if it don't have a big-ass diamond in it? You know what I mean? A cane. Worthless. Yeah. Worthless. It's not, it's, it only it becomes is, a scepter a when cane. it has a diamond you in it. You have a diamond in it, it ain't a scepter. It's also like, it's a bummer to me that that scepter didn't do no spells or nothing. Yeah. There's something like that. Or Rasputin to, got a hold of it. He turned your dick right. green. You summon summon huh? lightning or something like yeah. that. But anyway she she just bought it but she framed it as count orloff getting it for her so the peasants wouldn't be as mad about it right because she spent the crown's money on that but she totally spent the crown's money on that i'm upset uh, so that she basically priceless because i need to know a ballpark right. yeah i know it feels like a cop out because that well right because like if if we just saw something that was 88 million dollars and 250 million dollars what the fuck does priceless mean i mean twitter costs 44 billion right it wasn't priceless. There right. was a price. Uh, all right. So I wanted to talk about them outsourcing their Christmas shit to other people. Just a couple more uh, quick things. The most expensive Christmas decorations, right? There's a there's a candle you can get a candle to burn at Christmas time. The candle comes wearing a four, 14 karat white gold Gucci necklace <laughs> with 38 diamonds in it Nice for $5,000. Not bad. Nice. Uh, you can get a song playing reindeer. Go down a little bit, Russ. Uh, yeah, a little bit further. It's under the, yeah, a right there. See the 10 most expensive reindeer. Christmas decorations? I actually want you to look at this uh, this reindeer, Cho. I want yeah, it's to in there. It. It's the second on the list. This reindeer is 65 inches tall, and it, play, it plays Christmas songs, but it says only three songs. And it's, <laughs> and it's $6,900. And look at that. Like, I feel like that. That's like a Billy Bass. Goods. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. That's not, like, that, that ain't, ain't shit. Where, where are they coming from charging it, that for that? If y'all are only listening... It looks like some, you know, I would say 
the Billy Bass some of reindeer. Standard white people shit. Yeah. yeah. Not hitting white what people, is it just saying? regular white people. Christmas songs, I don't know. But yeah, then there's uh, this designer, Rebecca Choll, made wrapping paper coated with crystals. The wrapping paper itself costs $7,500. shit. You can get a ball for your Christmas tree that costs one hundred and thirty-six grand. What? Yeah. Then there's a Christmas star that goes on the top of the tree, almost a million dollars, $950,000. Have you seen the meme? Have you seen the meme where it says somebody says, uh, I couldn't I couldn't decide this year on whether I should put a star or an angel on the top of my tree. So I went with both and it's Earnhardt. That's great. <laughs> yeah, awesome? That's a perfect time to switch gears and to talk about white trash Christmas. Russ, if you go back into the uh, doc, there's a link to a white trash Christmas uh, uh, Pinterest account so I, we can get I hate, some... I hate to be a dick, but can I pee? No, hang on. We're almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. You'll be all right. I'm almost done. Down one more. White trash Christmas right there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You, you got uh, you got a Christmas tree with the Grinch's ass hanging out of it. Oh, that hits. Look over here on the right. You got a boy with a Christmas sweater. It's a snowman upside down. So the snowman's carrot nose looks like a dick. dick. And, he's and, got some, and you're 69 in them. And he's got some balls hanging underneath yeah. us. You got a dick and balls. Another, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've probably seen it. I feel like a staple is a Christmas tree with uh, beer cans on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've do done the, that. You got to do the beer can Christmas tree. This is all very white trash stuff. You see some rain bears here, but why trash people see they uh all this stuff? Pork to and me, beans, yeah, rooting, tooting, Christmas, root bear, tooting because you're farting. I you love get that. It. It's a fart joke. I love that. But yeah, uh, why trash people? As always, I feel like you know they find ways to make stuff hit in a stupid way. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's, it's why Gatlinburg's perfect. Exactly. And so white trash Christmas. Look, you got a Christmas sweater here for a lady where Santa Claus is feeling her titties. Says feel the joy. Um, Nothing better expresses this than the song "Merry Christmas" from the family by Robert Earl Keane. Yeah, that's a great. Which one. I wish so I, desperately we could just play right now. Right. So I a couple things because I know I just want to say no, no, no. I'm go ahead. I can biased. hold it. I'm very biased, obviously, but I just find this to be so much it's better. more fun and it's endearing better. than the other shit we we're talking it's about. Because to me, it's like if you have that money, you can just do what that is shit. Christmas. This is because like, if you have that money, what is Christmas? Right. Every day is right. Christmas for you. Right. Rednecks have one fucking day right and they you know they stretch it out make it hit you got a christmas tree made out of rakes right there that's fun right and the other thing i was gonna say is like dude talking about white trash christmas when i was a kid my dad me and my dad would go out in the winter time like in december and just go out into a random part of the woods and just cut a tree down yeah and it, they weren't like Christmas trees. No, it was just a, a tree, tree. Yeah, that we'd put in our house, and it would immediately start to rot and be dead by the time New Year's came or whatever. But we'd do that, and put all our shit on it, and it looked so trashy. But we had a lot of fun well, with red, it. And I just uh, redneck Christmas. Is that Santa Claus pooping out? Yeah, candy. Yeah, red, redneck Christmas is so much better because, like I said, with these rich people, they could literally do this any day if they wanted to. And I hate the fact that people literally put their mortgage on the line and their family security right. on the line for Christmas. However, that makes it sweeter. Right. It makes it like when red like when you see someone who you know can barely afford to get a new pair of work boots that saved up and got his kid that new Xbox. Right. It's so sweet. And yeah. like, again, I wish that we didn't have to do that. But when I go to like I go to a lot of redneck Christmas things and the pride that people have in 
you're right. I shouldn't have bought that for you, but I did mm-hmm. because I love you. Mm-hmm. With the rich people, it's not love. It's showing off. But with right. rednecks, it is love, and it is a beautiful beautiful thing and i'm about to get i'm about to start crying yeah you're hitting because it's true yeah christmas is a one-time thing for rednecks it's an everyday thing for the rich people and again just you see that guy who he works with dirt on his shirt he he you know he doesn't have he doesn't even have cable right but every year he's like my boy wants this Mm -hmm. my boy's gonna get this and that is fucking special and that is beautiful. And it is why Redneck Christmas means more. It's a community coming together and going, hey, man, this is the season for us to forget how terrible it is. And we're going to be together and we're going to do this thing. Amen, brother. I can't top that. So let's go out on that. You can go pay. When we come back, we'll continue the Christmas theme as Professor Cho regales us all with the background or the history of the Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. I'm literally crying. All right. Let's do it. We'll be right back. I'm sorry. No, that is. It's beautiful. It's appropriate. It's a Christmas episode. Got to get sentimental. Well, the nights are getting longer, but the breeze ain't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right, baby. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life, and that's especially true in the bedroom when it's time to step up to the plate, a.k.a. Get down to getting down on the crotchal region of the one you love. That is where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. However, they're in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. Two great things, one sentence. Amazing. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity, a.k.a. your wiener, arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. And by the way, that's my favorite time of the month when I get my discreet package to make my package less discreet. You know what I'm saying? My, my wife will never let me go without Blue Chew again. I did the first time I ever did it. I didn't even tell her I was doing it. And she was like, I know you're doing something. I said, how, baby? She said, because that ain't your dick. Made me feel bad, but at the same time made me feel good because she was right at what, and I had a better wiener with Blue Chew. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Have better sex. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code POA at checkout. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code POA, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank BlueChew for, for sponsoring the podcast. Start your new year off with a new winner. That's what I say. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Just make sure, Corey, you're looking your camera. Corey, Check one, two. Suck my dick, lick my butt, stick your finger in my scrum. There, there we go. We're back. Okay. 
All right, we're back, everybody. It's time once again with History <laughs> Professor Cho. <laughs> and it's a Yule Tide edition. We're talking about the Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens' seminal holiday masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. The Christmas Carol. Here's what I know about this only because I watched that movie with Dan Stevens that you told me to watch, and the, I'm glad did you, you did. Did you love it? I, it's great. It's the great. Man Who Invented Christmas. The Man Who Invented Christmas. The only reason I know this is because of watching that movie, but evidently, Christmas Carol and Charles Dickens is like the reason that a lot of Christmas traditions even are Christmas traditions. Like he sort of invented a lot of the shit that or popularized a lot of the shit that we think about when we think about Christmas. Right? Yeah. So back in back in this day, Christmas was not even a little bit the way that we think about Christmas. I mean, Christmas was a thing. It's not I mean, the movie title is The Man Who Invented Christmas. That's not literally true. But he's basically the man who invented the way that we celebrate Christmas, the way that we celebrate christmas right now so christmas was just like a time of year where everybody was like yeah okay family you know whatever and around this time when he writes the book obviously <laughs> obviously charles dickens not a moron i would say he's far from a moron mm -hmm. he had noticed that like people were starting to kind of dip a toe back into christmas there was a little like hey should we do this maybe a little bit more who knows and he was really, really hurting for money because he had basically spent like he'd obviously had a ton, you know, like a, a tale of two cities, like he uh, uh, fucking uh, what was the one with Oliver one, Twist, Oliver Twist, like the dude crushed. But he also spent it as soon as he made it. Like he was the dude that was, what was just he like blown it on. Charles Dickens was flossing. He what was, was he flossing on his like he would buy like a door an ivory doorknob that cost three thousand yeah. dollars at the time and stuff like that like every i like, think hey, i'll make that back exactly Quote i think charles dickens i think with charles dickens like you know the british uh i think flaunt their affluence even more so than americans in some way because everything has to be proper everything has to have its place i yeah. must look like posh it's all about status right yeah. it's all about like if hey i'm the guy who wrote oliver twist so i need everybody to know how much i hit mm -hmm. so like you know around this time he was charles just charles dickens he was sort of like a rapper at the time he did charles dickens was like the two chains of his day 100 percent like a yeah. rapper suck my dickens yeah he so he uh he was just spending it on like his house was the most immaculate house if his wife wanted something like oh this we we need this door from this old ship on this boat to make my house uh you know hit and at the time, he had just had basically like five or six flops in a row. Right. Which is which is crazy, but it also shows you how much like a name can only carry you so far. Because mm -hmm. as much as he's Charles Dickens now, he was absolutely Charles Dickens at the time. Right. He was one of the greatest authors of all time. He was super in demand. He was the J.K. Rowling of his time or whatever. You know what just popped into my head? What? This is like when George Jones... Went on a bad stretch, had mm -hmm. some flops, wasn't hitting, was almost destitute, was in legal trouble, trouble he's with the IRS, all that shit. And then came out the gate after that with He Stopped Loving Her Today, the greatest country song of all time. Yep. And I remember me and you were talking about that and you said you said you just you said you just can't keep some of them down. You man. can't. And Charles Dickens is one of those type of dudes. One hundred percent. Also man. the George Charles Dickens was both the George Jones and the two chains of his day. <laughs> That's I mean, what we've learned here. If any of you motherfuckers have a better argument, I'd like to hear it in the comments because I agree. Charles Dickens, Two Chains, George Jones, pretty much the same thing. 
So he'd had a series of flops. And I know you'd probably be thinking like, well, it, uh, the other ones were so successful. What does it matter? And that is true if you're someone who like saved your money and didn't buy ivory doorknobs or whatever. But it's kind of like when, you know, with like Brennan Frazier, uh, when he when he got a divorce from his wife and they made like the alimony checks at and they set them to when he was making twenty million dollars a movie or whatever and then he stopped but he was still having to pay the same thing right well like Charles Dickens mortgage and all these bills he owed were set when he was at the top of his game and when money was rolling in and then that stopped happening and it's like yeah all this shit ain't paid off buddy like you got to do something so he had a um. His literary agent was a feller by the name of Mr. Forster, very sweet man. And he was telling me, he's like, Any relation? No, no. Mm. It's same, same spelling, though. I do. I, maybe. I mean, I've never really looked into it, but it is possible. Like, my father is an author. I'm an author. It might make sense that we come from a literary agent. I also might be entitled to some compensation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you're in Charles Dickens' fame. Well, no, they weren't related, but either way, yeah. So he's on he's on Charles's ass. He's like, buddy, listen, man. He's like, you gotta start hitting. You you gotta start hitting. Like, like not only for you, but like for me. Like you're my main client. Right. Like I don't really take on a lot of people because when you have Charles Dickens, you don't have to. So Charles Dickens, yeah. Whose fault is that, by the way? Like to me, if I'm Charles Dickens, I'm like, well, that ain't on me. Yeah, exactly, motherfucker. You've been coasting. I agree. Why don't you start hitting? Yeah, right. (laughs) Why don't you start? Nathaniel Hawthorne. Representation, right there, dude. I guess reps, they just bend the same. They do. They're like, like, why why aren't you hitting? It's like, I don't know. Why aren't you helping me hit? It's like, it's we ain't about that. Yeah, right. I need 10%, and so you have to hit at a high level so that my 10% hits for me. And it's like, I don't know. Go. I do a lot of different stuff. Why don't you do a lot of different stuff? I'm a comedian and an author. Why don't you be an agent and a manager and something else? Like, are you too good for fucking Starbucks? Also, singer and foot model. A foot model. Right. Sell your fucking feet. You know what I'm saying? No problem. So he's on his ass. He's just like, dude, you got to get something going. And he goes to his publishers and he's like, hey, because uh, he had all these bills for his house coming in. He's like, I need I need an advance. And they're like, on what? And he's like, a book. And they're like, what's the book? And he's like, I'm fucking Charles Dickens. I ain't got to tell y'all. Like, I'm supposed to walk into my publishers and just say, give me $300,000. I'm going to write you a goddamn book. And right. they were just like, that ain't how it works right now because like, that he had what was the book he had uh it was Hazelwig or whatever the he had a serialized uh uh god damn it what was it called do you know what know, i'm talking I, about no, i don't know is not something hits. oh uh, martin chuzzlewit okay he at the time he was working on a serialized thing called martin chuzzlewit so like instead of writing a book he would have like a comic kind of like it was like a monthly publication or whatever and he was like, I'm Charles Dickens. This is going to hit. And it just like, it just didn't hit for people and it blew his mind. But again, that goes back to like, at the end of the day, like there was that, there was that line in, um, do you remember the documentary comedian, the Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, of course. And, yeah. I've seen so it multiple times he like, there was a line in that it was Colin Quinn. 
who was like, you do get grace for being super famous and hitting, but you get about five minutes grace. Right. He's like, if Jack Nicholson goes on stage and starts talking, you give him about five minutes. But after five minutes, you're like, all right, he man, better I, you it. better bring it. Yeah. Like, I need you to hit. And I think Charles Dickens was sort of like feeling that. He was doing all these passion projects thinking like, I'm going to be able to print money, you know, fuck you. And, and people just weren't into it, you know? And so he's got to come up with something. And he had tremendous writer's block. He didn't know what the fuck he was going to do. And so he goes in, he asks him for an advance. They're just like, nah, you got to tell us what it's going to be. And like, basically on a whim, he's just like, yeah, uh, Christmas, it's Christmas. It's a Christmas book because he had started to like feel the pulse of the community. Like people were starting to care about Christmas again. And they were like, and even his publishers were like, no Christmas ain't it they were like no nobody you're Christmas not Christmas ain't never gonna make no money ain't nobody gonna spend money on some Christmas shit it is the and now it's like that's the Hallmark Channel's whole entire existence exactly I was about to say it's the ultimate like you see it in every movie about some singer's career where the the club owner is just like I don't know what y'all trying to play yeah. but nobody's buying it kid right, and yeah. that's Elvis yeah right you know? exactly yeah like so they're basically yeah. doing that to Charles Dickens right and he's just like, I just think that a Christmas book would really work. And they're like, I don't really fucking think so. And they're like, what's it about? And then he goes back. He's like racking his brain. And he starts thinking about um, the poor houses that he had to grow up in. because, Which, of course, was his inspiration for Oliver Twist and all that stuff. Because his dad, and you know this if you watch the movie, his dad was like, a horrible gambler. His dad, like, you know, threw all their money away. So he was in debtor's prison a lot. Mm -hmm. And because of that, Charles had to be in foster homes and stuff before he could get back with his dad. So he starts thinking about that. And it's like, okay, tiny Tim. Right. And then he starts thinking about the resentment he had for his dad and how money is corrupt and how money is in. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge, that's a good guy. Yada, yada, yada. Goes through the whole fucking thing. And then, like, writes it in a mad fury it was one of those like you know i think i saw isbel say one time the best songs ever are written in five minutes yeah you know it just like pours out of you yeah well this just like poured out of him he's like this is what i have to do i know that christmas can be a thing but it's not just a christmas book it's a book about humanity it's a book about morals it's a book about doing the right thing it's a book about money being the root of all evil and it's a book about how at the core of everything family is the most important thing that could ever happen and so he shits out uh a christmas carol and again after having like five flops and they're just like this is not this is not going to work. So like, but, but do you mean like they read it? He, he pooped it out. They read it and they were like, this ain't it. No, or I, you think just mean I think they no, were on the, this ain't it train. They were from on the, the this ain't it train from it. the concept okay. of it. Once they read it, they were like, prose is prose. This might be it. You know what I mean? Prose yeah. is prose. It really doesn't matter what something's about if it's captivating. And that book proved that it was just like, yeah, I mean, we didn't think Christmas books could work, but I mean, first off, you've already done it. And you are Charles Dickens. And even though you've had five flops, you also, up until this point, have been the most prolific, most successful writer we've had. So we are stupid if we don't take a chance on it because it's already written, right? Mm -hmm. So he does. And, I mean, unanimous praise. Everyone fucking loves it. And because of that, it sparked what we now know as Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like, all of those things were just things of the past. They were, uh, they were, what's the word for it? Relic. They were relics of a bygone age. 
and he brought it back. So like you could argue that not only did Charles Dickens like, you know, help this publishing company save his career, but like he created a booming economy. Like the economy, yeah, dude, ima- the like, economy was forever about, changed. Think about forever changed. Like think about the amount of money that's made off Christmas it's unbelievable. every year. And I'm not even really talking about including the gifts people buy. I just mean like the season. Right. You know what I mean? The decorations, the fucking, just the whole vibe. Everything, is up 9, everything, percent Everything that people do. Yeah, that's crazy, there's, man. I mean, there's stores that literally make, it's kind of like fireworks stores, how they make right. all their money in July. Well, there's literally Christmas stores that make all their money in December, but it's enough right. to float them the rest of the year. I mean, he, he, he literally just turn the whole thing around there was a uh also after that happened and i can't believe this is a thing there was a, a publishing company that just decided this book hits and they just stole it and reprinted it and started selling it like oh this will be a fine thing and of course dickens was like tied up in like litigation for several years and ended up bankrupting the company but yeah, it was wasn't well. That was all before like copyright laws as we know them today, thing, right? Yeah. So back then they could do it because that's why he was tied up in court so much. Because it like, was it, it was a gray isn't area. Disney sort of the reason that copyright as we understand it exists. Disney one hundred percent. Back then people could just trash it like that, and you could take them to court or whatever. Right. But there wasn't an established infrastructure to say like you know you can't just do that shit. So the way Disney works, to my knowledge, is that the public domain has always been like a set like once something right. has been in the zeitgeist for a hundred years yeah. or whatever you because like me and you right now if and me, that amount of time has always matched how, how old mickey, mickey mouse, mouse is. is exactly it's like for a while i was like yeah 15 years you're good when mickey mouse was 15 years old right. and all of a sudden it's like we better make that 50 years and exactly. when mickey mouse hits 50 it's like how about 75 because and so the mouse Keeps taking that shit to court. And it's actually even getting crazier than that. So now they're like making this argument that like, okay, um, Mickey Mouse will enter the public domain, but only the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse, because the other version of Mickey Mouse that we created, that's actually a separate thing. The red shorts, the white gloves, that's a separate thing. The Steamboat Willie version, you can do that. But like with me and you, if me and you decided tomorrow hey, we want to do an audio book of The Christmas Carol, we could. Mm-hmm. We would have to ask nobody. And I've actually thought about it a lot. That sounds you know, awesome, by the way. Nick, uh, Nick Offerman reads Mark Twain books. Like, he's got a whole audio series of him doing it. And, like, as far as I know, hmm. he can just do that. Because it's public Because domain. it's public domain. Yeah. You guys got to write The Redneck Christmas Carol. We there have. Oh. Okay. We have. We did it at our Christmas show at Zanies. Holy shit, you're right. <laughs> and it was really good. We did, yeah. We have forgotten more hits than most people will ever have. He's right. We did a whole, uh, for anybody watching, oh, actually, if you're watching now, hope you saw us last week in Nashville at Zanies. Oh, right. But uh, yeah, the one year at Zanies, we made our show a whole Christmas theme thing. Now we just go up and do stand up because we found out that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, but yeah, one year we did a whole Christmas theme show at Zanies and it was a lot of fun. And we did do a version of the Christmas Carol, and I remember it ended with uh, Rudolph getting, getting shot, shot by, by Hunter by DJ, DJ who was playing yeah. a hunter. Yeah, yeah, came up and dragged him off. It was a lot like, of fun. Uh, I feel like Airheads are going to request we do that one. <laughs> so, so the book was obviously a massive success. It didn't. It not only changed the rest of Charles Dickens' life; it changed the course of 
history as we know it. There were, of course, a lot of problems. His father, who he loosely based part of Scrooge on, or at least his father, he he didn't base Scrooge on his father. He based Scrooge on the type of people his father had had to deal with and just the way that money corrupts someone and the way that money can make someone abandon their family and not care about anything other than the pursuit of money. Uh, it becomes really popular. His father then, like, his dad was like, I don't know if you remember this from the movie, but like his dad was taking letters that Charles would write him and cutting out the autograph and then selling them to people mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. shit like that. But the book, but like I said, the book was a massive success. Uh, we obviously don't have, everybody fucking knows it. We don't have to talk about the characters and everything. Uh, I will tell you that the Muppet version is the best. Michael Caine mm -hmm. as Scrooge is unbelievable. Absolutely. I mean, 100% transcends the character. It's tremendous. If you've never seen The Muppet Christmas Carol, please do. It's a must-watch for me. But a couple a couple little facts real quick uh, about the book that was supposed to be a flop per his publishers. Uh, it has, first off, been translated into basically every language that there has ever been. And it sold out within it sold out completely in two weeks. Within one year, there were seventeen editions published, which means they ran through them all. And it has never been out of print. Yeah, like every year, there are more Christmas stories being or Christmas carols being printed because the demand is as high today as it has ever fucking been. And so, yeah, sometimes there's just some of them, buddy. You just can't hold them down. Is there anything else that's like that when it comes to Christmas where it's like, because like with Christmas, we've talked about it, not on this show, but me and you talked about it before with songs. Like if you have a song, that a Christmas song that hits, you're pretty much set for life. Right. Burl because, Ives was set for life. Because every year. Oh my God, Mariah Carey. Every yeah. oh year. Yeah. Every year. Like what I'm saying is with Christmas, there's Christmas associated shit that people want. Like I watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation every year. And I don't think I'll ever stop. Of course you not. You know what I mean? So it's like Christmas Carol is like one of the first, maybe the story, first, yeah. maybe the that. first example the first of that. that. But it's like, it's that's never going to end. It's a standard. It's a Christmas standard. Yeah. And it's like, does that exist for other, you know, I wonder, things, it, holidays, events? Like, You think Julio Iglesias is uh, collecting a lot of money from, uh, what is it, Feliz Navidad? Isn't his dad? Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, maybe, yeah. Yeah, for Gotta sure. Be but like, in. you know what's unfortunate is that like the... Dickens estate isn't collecting money for it anymore because it's in the public, public domain. domain. And like, right. there's a lot of arguments to be made. Like, I love fair use in public domain because it means that like I could come on here and read a couple chapters of Mark Twain and not get in trouble for it. But at the same time, like, I genuinely believe that whoever Mark Twain's great, 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 great grandkid, they should be getting paid every time. They that, ain't right that shit. That's true. But, Fuck damn! But he did. <laughs> but he did. So it shouldn't be. Now you know what? I'm they don't with, hit. No, they don't hit. Why don't you know they how make I know they don't hit? River fair and adventure. This young chap. Who you know, are they? Right? Yeah. Do you know who March went? Yeah, right. But no, I think that that probably is like the Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, like that. It's our, a standard. Our buddy, our, our buddy Max Brooks. Right. Mel Brooks's son. Yep. 
That motherfucker hits. He does hit. World War Z, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking great. Amazing book. You know him. The movie had nothing to do with the book, by the way. uh, No, they just literally took a zombie movie script and put that name on top of it. But like, the book's phenomenal. The book rules. Have you read read Devolution uh, yet? How about the the little handbook that comes with the book? You got that too? Oh, yeah. The guide? Yeah. Yeah. So shout out our buddy Max Brooks, uh, who was lovely enough to have us for my 30th birthday. Uh, to eat dinner with him and his father and his lovely wife, Michelle, and their son. Uh, he has a new book. At, well, I say new. It came out this year. It's called uh, Devolution, and it's fucking awesome. He also wrote a Minecraft book that I didn't read, but my boys read, and they fucking loved it. Yeah, Max is... And that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's Max like, was going to be Twain, okay no Mark matter Twain's what. Mark Twain's great, 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 whatever kids want to be hitting, then they need to start hitting. You know what I mean? Max, I Brooke, Max Brooks ain't resting on males shit. I agree He with hits you. on his own. I agree with you, but you're right, though, in that Christmas Carol is the first staple of Christmas. And I genuinely believe that if this earth exists 5,000 years from now, some form, it might not be Dickens's version, but some form of the Christmas Carol will be being read, like without question, because the storyline is just tremendous. I mean, it's got ghosts, it's got family. It's got, it's just fucking, it's just awesome. I can't say enough good things about it, and especially the Muppet version. But yeah, that's the story of uh, of the Christmas Carol. It's like a motherfucker. Well, let's close it out. We'll have a, there's going to be clearing the airs after this. Uh, I, maybe we'll talk more about Christmas shit on clearing the airs. We'll Probably will. Talk about what we, we got. To, well, we won't have had it yet. It'll be the week what leading up want. to Christmas. Talk about what you want. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'll know what I got because we'll I can just check it receipts. We'll record on like the 20th or 21st or something. Oh, that don't. So yeah. we won't know. But either way, enjoy clearing the airs and like, subscribe, Download. rate, review, tell <laughs> so your mama and them. Tell all your friends. So pumped. Yeah. Tell all your friends. And uh, that's the most important thing. Like, obviously, leaving us a five-star review is great. Please do it. It takes two seconds for you. That's what we want for Christmas. We want you to leave us a five-star review and say how much the show hits. But also, just like, if you enjoy this show... It stands to reason that someone that you hang out with will enjoy it because you all have similar interests. So tell everybody we love you. And hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. All one, right. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on Hey everybody, it's your boy, Corey Ryan Forster, a.k.a. Professor Cho. Thank you for listening once again to another stirring rendition of the Putting On Airs podcast. POA, thank you, Airheads. We love you. Me and Trey are actually not going to be able to do uh, CTA this week because Trey is in the holler. He is deep in the holler of Tennessee visiting his family. He don't have internet. It just can't be done. But in lieu of clearing the airs, I thought that I would come on here and just wish y'all the merriest of Merry Christmases, the happiest of Happy Holidays, no matter which ones you celebrate. We love you, and we hope you get to celebrate it with the ones that you love. 
Y'all have given us the greatest gift on earth this year, which is supporting this podcast and making us feel that our passion project that we thought of, you know, 12 years ago is worthwhile. We really do appreciate it. It's the greatest gift that either of us could receive. And I know that I can speak for producer Russ uh, on that part, too. We just had a blast this year. And we certainly love all of you who have made all of this possible. And just, you know, take a take. Hey, you know what? It's a good time, by the way. If you're not caught up on putting on airs, you're going to be driving across the country to see your uh, in-laws. So go ahead and slap on some POA. And while you're at it, maybe tell everybody at your family dinner, like, hey, I listen to these two idiots talk about fancy stuff. And it's really cool. I bet y'all would like it. That would be that's the best thing you could do for a Christmas present for us. But other than that, just keep on keeping on. Keep on liking and subscribing and downloading and telling all your friends. We sure do appreciate it. Remember that for bonus stuff from Trey, you can go to patreon.com slash Trey Crowder. And for bonus stuff from me, you can go to parttimefunnyman.com and you can subscribe. It's only $5, but if you can't afford it, you can just email buttercreamcory at gmail.com and I will take care of you. No questions asked. We love y'all so much. And stay fancy, you some bitches.